You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah chapter 40, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Remember, last Wednesday, we talked about how that God, even though there was Uh, the war that was going on and Nebuchadnezzar came in and Zedekiah was killed, the king, excuse me, Zedekiah, his sons were killed, Zedekiah's eyes uh, were were plucked out and uh, he lost his vision, he was led away as a captive into Babylon. But in the midst of all that, God had a remnant. God had a group of people that uh, he said, you may not have much down here, but God said, I'm gonna take care of you and God gave them, they got land, they got uh, fields, they got vineyards and all of those things. And then God took care of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was released from prison and uh, the captain of the guard said, you tell me what you want, whatever you say, I'm going to do it for you. And then we talked about last week, uh, Ebedmelech and how Ebedmelech, God kept his promise to Ebedmelech. And I'm glad that God keeps his promises, and I'm glad that we can trust him. Here we are in Jeremiah chapter 40, and this is still the aftermath of a war. So if you picture in your mind, I don't know how you do with these Bible stories, but I like to try to visualize, and I like to try to imagine what it must have been like. And here we have the city of Jerusalem. The walls have been broken down. The houses have been burned down. The palace has been burned down. Many of the people have been killed, those that tried to run and flee. And of course, Zedekiah was responsible for many of those who were killed uh, because they did not listen and they did not yield to Nebuchadnezzar and they didn't yield to God's plan. And so if you could imagine, maybe the smoke is still rising uh, from the homes that have been burned. And there are still, undoubtedly, there are still bodies that are laying in the streets of the city. Uh, There are those who've been killed. There are those who have been injured. Uh, There's great sorrow. Uh, There is, uh, I'm sure, weeping and wailing of of family members who have seen their family members killed. And then you've got those who are being taken captive into Babylon. And so all of this is going on. And that brings us to chapter 40 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, After that, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah when he had taken him. Now, now keep this in mind. This is interesting, and I want to come back and talk about this. When he had taken him, being bound in, what's the next word? Chains. Back in chapter 39, he let him out of prison, and he said, hey, do you want to go with us, or do you want to stay here? Whatever you say. Well, somehow, Jeremiah got lost in the shuffle. I don't know what happened, but somehow he was in chains. And he's being carried away captive uh, from Jerusalem and Judah, which were carried away captive unto Babylon. But verse 2, something happened. The captain of the guard took Jeremiah. It's almost like the captain is watching all these prisoners go by, and he sees Jeremiah, and he says... How'd he get in here? Who locked this guy up? I set him free. And so he takes Jeremiah, verse 2, and he said unto him, The Lord thy God 
hath pronounced this evil upon this place. Now the Lord hath brought it and done according as he hath said, because ye have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed his voice. Therefore, this thing is come upon you. Now, Jeremiah has been the one preaching that message. And now this Babylonian captain of the guard, Nebuzaradan, he basically is preaching a sermon to Jeremiah. And he's telling Jeremiah, hey, I hope you know this is all because God has pronounced this evil and because your people, because you as God's people did not obey God. That is the reason why this has happened. But then verse four, he says to Jeremiah, and now behold, I loose thee this day from the chains which were upon thine hand. If it seemed good unto thee to come with me unto Babylon, then come and I will look well unto thee. But if it seem ill unto thee to come with me into Babylon, then forbear. Behold, all the land is before thee, whither it seemeth good and convenient for thee to go, thither go. Now, while he was not yet gone back, he said, go back also to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon hath made governor over the cities of Judah and dwell with him among the people. Or go wheresoever it seemeth convenient unto thee to go. So the captain of the guard, now this is a Babylonian man here. The captain of the guard gave him victuals and a reward and let him go. Then went Jeremiah unto Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, to Mizpah and dwelt with him among the people that were left in the land. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word tonight. Help me to be very clear and in the midst of all of these names and this kind of an unusual story, I pray that you'd help me to deliver the message that you've given to me. And I thank you for the truths, Lord, that I have seen in this passage that, uh, Lord, they've been there all along, but I don't know that I've ever seen them quite like I've seen them this past week. And I pray that you'd speak to all of us, not because of the preacher, uh, not because of a, a fancy building or not because of a sound system or not because of technology, but I pray you'd speak to us because of the power of your word and the power of the Holy Spirit of God that is uh, alive and well and, and in our midst tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you a couple thoughts and I've got somewhere I want to go tonight and I don't mean after the service. I've got somewhere I want to go in this service with this scripture and if I don't get there, I'm not going to rush it. But I want you to see what this passage has for us. Number one, by way of introduction, I want you to see that the word came to Jeremiah, verse number one, from the Lord. That had to be reassuring to Jeremiah. Because God had spoken to Jeremiah all up until the battle, right? God had said, Jeremiah, here's what you need to tell the people. Jeremiah, here's what's going to happen. Jeremiah, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to say this. And then the battle takes place. And after the battle, Jeremiah gets taken. And he wasn't supposed to be taken because even the, the, the king said, hey, you get to go free. But somehow he got mixed in with all the other prisoners. And he's chained. And he's being led away to Babylon. And I wonder if Jeremiah started to doubt. I wonder if he thought, you know, God made me a promise, but now things are a little out of control. Things are a little out of whack. Maybe he wondered if God had lost track of him. I don't know what was going through Jeremiah's mind, but I can imagine it was a chaotic time. 
I can imagine it was crazy. I can imagine the emotions were just at an all-time high. And here's Jeremiah thinking, this wasn't supposed to happen. How is this possible that I'm being taken captive? But it says in verse number one that the word came to Jeremiah. After that, the captain of the guard had let him go. And once again, God was still speaking to Jeremiah. I want to say by way of introduction, don't ever discount and don't ever discredit the fact that God is still speaking to us today through his word. God was speaking before an election and he's speaking after an election. God was speaking before a pandemic and he's speaking during or after or at the start of the next one or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what's going on, but I know this, God's still speaking. God's speaking when the economy's doing good. God still speaks when the economy's not doing good. God speaks when you're healthy. God can speak when you're sick. God can speak when you're on the mountain. He speaks when you're in the valley. And you say, well, well what do we have? Because Jeremiah got to hear the audible voice. You're right, he did. We got something better. We got the voice of God, the word of God we can take with us everywhere and anywhere we go. We've got the word of God available to us 24-7. Don't ever discount what God has to say and the fact that he still speaks. Secondly, I want to remind us, let's not get consumed with what everybody else is saying. Did you know people, people like to talk? I, I, I'll, I'll use this example because this was years ago and, and uh, Lacey is, is much better now. But my wife and I, we used to say about Lacey and, and we love Lacey. She is, she's as sweet as can be. But Lacey, she used to just get so excited that she couldn't help herself. She was going to talk. And we said this, we said, even if she didn't have anything to say, that never stopped her from talking, Right. How many of you had a child like that? Or maybe you still do have a child like that. They just love to talk. And can I tell you, that's cute for children. But I feel like today, I feel like there's adults like that too. I think sometimes I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I'm just talking and I don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, Pastor, thank you for realizing that because that's happening right now, this very moment. I hope not. But don't get consumed with what everybody else is saying but get very focused on what God is saying. Did you know that when somebody tells you something that may or may not be true? And it could be that they're trying to mislead you or it may be that they truly believe what they're saying. They may be sincere. That's what they may really truly think. But whatever God says, you can count on it. It's true. And it will always be true. It's never going to be outdated. It's never going to be a need to be updated or revised. God's word stands. God's word never changes. So let's get focused on what God is saying. I don't know if you're like this. I don't watch the news. I really don't listen to a lot of news. I'll listen to our radio station and we'll have the top of the hour news. And I enjoy that. But I don't, I don't watch news, but I will read news. Anybody else, you, you do that, you'll read news and there'll be an article. And, and even if I know these people don't know what they're talking about, sometimes I like to read it just so that I know what the people that don't know what they're talking about are talking about. That's a rabbit hole, right? But can I tell you, if we're not careful, we can get depressed. And we can get so distracted 
and we can get our eyes on all the problems and everything going on when I've got good news for us tonight God still speaks if we would just read his word and if we would just listen it appears that Jeremiah got mixed up with the prisoners here and maybe Jeremiah thought that God had forgotten about him maybe he thought that God had lost track of him maybe he thought God had forgotten his promise but I want to tell you, God has never forgotten you for one second. Maybe the boss at work has forgotten about you. He promised you a raise or he promised you a promotion or he promised you time off. Uh, some of you self-employed, you know how that goes. You make promises to yourself and that doesn't even work out. But can I tell you, God's never forgotten a promise. God has never lost track of where you are and what you're going through. I remember... My wife and I, this was when we were in California and we had moved from one place to another, just very local. But I remember we had a box and that was a box of hardware for all of the different furniture pieces. We said, we're not, we're not going to lose the hardware. We're going to put it all in one box. One safe, secure location where we will not have to look for it. Well, guess what we looked for? For days, for days after that move, we looked for that one box. And that was the most important one that we said, we're not forgetting this one. We're not losing this one. Well, guess what? God hasn't lost track of you. God hasn't misplaced you. God knows exactly where you are. We see in verses 2 and 3 and 4 that the Babylonian soldier, Nebuzaradan, he's the one that really kind of preaches the sermon to Jeremiah, not that Jeremiah needed it, but maybe it helped Jeremiah just to hear it from somebody else. And Jeremiah heard that and said, well, I don't know where he got that from, but that's exactly what I've been saying, buddy. So amen, keep it up. But God had not forgotten Jeremiah, but God had also not forgotten that the nation of Judah had sinned. Can I tell you, sin always has consequences. And sin always brings judgment. Verse number three, thou hast sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed his voice. Therefore, because of that, this thing has come upon you. Verse four, the captain of the guard says, I'm going to loose you from the chains. And of course he did. He gave him freedom. And he said, you can come with me if you want to, or you can go back to be with your people. Uh, he said, whatever you choose, he said, that is up to you. But Jeremiah was given a choice. Verse number five, Jeremiah chose to go back with the people. And there was a man that was the governor that King Nebuchadnezzar put in charge. His name was Gedaliah. Go, go down with me to verse number eight for a minute. And I want you to see a couple different names that I think we're going to get to these tonight. And I want you to be able to, to see and identify these people. One, in verse eight, there's Gedaliah. Gedaliah was the governor that was appointed after King Zedekiah was killed after the Babylonians took captives. They, uh, Nebuchadnezzar left Gedaliah. He said, you are the, you're the governor. You're, you're responsible for this land that we're leaving here with the remnant. Then there was a man by the name of Ishmael. We're going to see Ishmael in the, this chapter, in the next chapter. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah. And then there was another man by the name of Johanan. And uh, both Ishmael and Johanan... They were responsible for a group of soldiers, not the Babylonian soldiers, but they had a group of soldiers with them and uh, they, were, they were coming on the scene kind of trying to take care of the remnant, kind of trying to 
maybe fill that, that void that was left after the war. But we'll look at those guys in a minute. But I want you to look back at verse number five, the end of the verse. It says, so the captain of the guard gave him, that is Jeremiah, he gave him victuals. Now, we don't use that word a lot, but that word is literally, it's rations. It's, it's the, the, the necessary food he needed to eat to survive. He said, hey, I'm going to take care of him and give you some food. And then he said, I'm going to give you a reward. Now, a reward here, we're not talking about, you know, the prize that comes at the bottom of the, the Cracker Jacks box or whatever. I don't even know if they still have those, but we're not talking about that. But he literally gave him a gift. Uh, uh, probably it was a gift of money. It was probably enough that Jeremiah could survive and he would be okay and he'd be taken care of. And then it says, and he let him go. Now I want you to think about those three things that this man gave to Jeremiah. He gave him food. How many of you think that's a good thing for somebody to give you? Food. How many of you like it when people bring you food? Isn't that a blessing? You know, there's almost not a bad time either. Isn't that, isn't that true? If somebody's bringing you food, it's, it's like, hey, whenever you want to bring it, that's fine. Um, I know for Brother Dan, he's said before, he said there's, there's not a time that he's not going to accept chocolate chip cookies, right? I mean, there's just, there's not a bad time for that. So Jeremiah was given food. He was given funds or, or money. How many of you say, there's not a bad time for you to give me money? I'll accept it any time. It's not a bother. Even if you need to interrupt me, that's fine. I'll take money. He was given food. He was given funds. And then, I like this one. He was given freedom. Oh, how many of you like freedom? Hallelujah. And if you don't have your hand up, you don't like freedom. Well, guess what? You got it. And you're just spoiled. And you don't realize that you like it. Because God has been good to us to allow us to live in the land of freedom. But I want to take it to the spiritual side. I want to make application here. You know, those are three things. If you're saved tonight, that Jesus Christ has given you. Number one, He's given you freedom. You are free from sin. There, there's no more chains. There's no more bondage of sin. If you've been born again, you've been set free. You are, you are free in Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. How many of you are glad to be free from sin? Amen. I'm not saying we don't sin. Obviously, we have a sin nature. But, but that sin, uh, that doesn't get to control us anymore because Jesus has set us free. I like that song we sing. He set me free. He set me free. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I've been set free. But not only does Jesus give us salvation, give us freedom, but he gives us funds. And I'm not just talking about cash. I'm not talking about an income, but I'm talking about something better than that. Did you know that we have access to the riches of Christ? Wow. You say, how much is that? A whole lot more than you can ever count. A whole lot more than I could ever count. We have the riches of Christ available to us. Here's a good one for you. Paul said to the church at Philippi, he said, but my God shall supply all your need according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. I'm glad that we have been given freedom. We've been given funds. We've been given food. You say, well, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about the, the, the Baptist buffet. I'm not talking about the fried chicken and all that good stuff. The Baptist bird, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we've been given the food right here. We've been given our daily bread. 
We've been given the word of God. We've been given the bread of life. And if you and I, if we go hungry spiritually, it's our own fault because we have the food. We have the sustenance. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I hope that'll help you this week just to think that we've been given freedom. We've been given funds and we've been given food, spiritual food. Praise God for that. Verse number seven, the Bible says, now when all the captains of the forces or the captains of the armies which were in the fields, even they and their men, they heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, governor in the land and had committed unto him men and women and children of the poor of the land and of them that were not carried away captive to Babylon. Then they came to Gedaliah. It's almost like they're, they're kind of waiting in the wings and they see that Nebuchadnezzar's leaving his army's leaving, and Gedaliah's left in charge here in Judah. And so they said, okay, whew, I think it's safe to go back now. I think we can enter back into that area without fear of being killed or without fear of being detained. And so they go back. Verse number eight, we saw their names, Ishmael and Johanan are two I really want you to remember. Those were two leaders of some of the forces or some of the militias, if you will. But then it says in verse number nine, and Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, swear unto them and to their men, saying, Fear not to serve the Chaldeans, or the Babylonians. Dwell in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be... What's that next word? Well, he said, if you will serve the king of Babylon, and if you will dwell in the land, it shall be well... With you. As for me, behold, I will dwell at Mizpah to serve the Chaldeans which will come unto us. But ye said, Hey, gather the wine and the summer fruits and the oil and put them in your vessels and dwell in your cities that ye have taken. Likewise, when all the Jews that were in Moab and among the Ammonites and in Edom and that were in all the countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant of Judah and that he had set over them Gedaliah the son of Ahikam the son of Shaphan. Even all the Jews returned out of all places whither they were driven, and they came to the land of Judah to Gedaliah unto Mizpah and gathered wine and summer fruits. What are those last two words there in verse 12? Very much. Here's what's amazing the remnant is left, Gedaliah is placed in charge. These uh, men, Johanan and Ishmael and a few others, they come back with all their soldiers and they come back and they say, hey, what's going on? What's the, uh, what's the down low here? What do we need to know? Gedaliah says, hey, it's all good. If you will just dwell in the land, if you'll serve the king of Babylon, you're going to be taken care of. There, there, there's food, there's a harvest, there's supplies, there's everything you need. And he said, if you will dwell in the land and do those things, he said, it shall be well. But here's the thing. Did you know that for some of these people, they were still ready to fight? They were still frustrated. They were still mad. They were still uh, uh, allowing their tempers to flare. And they said, oh, we're not going to let the king do this. We're not going to serve him. We're not. And it's almost like you want to say, well, if you weren't going to let him do this, why were you hiding out? 
If you weren't going to let Nebuchadnezzar come in and do this, then how come you were running to all these other countries in fear for your lives? And so now, Gedaliah says, if you want it to be well, he said, you're going to have to dwell in the land. Now, that word dwell, I've preached on that word before, not from this passage. But that word dwell is found many times in the Bible. It's equivalent with the word abide in the New Testament. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. That word dwell is found in Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word dwell, it's got the idea of settle down, relax, don't panic, don't stress, don't try to fight, just take it easy. And can I tell you, there are times in the Christian life where I believe we need to fight. Amen? We're in a spiritual battle, absolutely. I've preached on Sunday mornings these last few weeks on running the race, not sitting on the bench, but getting in and running the race for Christ. And there's a time you need to run. But can I tell you, there's also a time as Christians where we need to dwell, where we need to, as Psalm 46, 10 reminds us, we need to be still and know that He is God. I want to get, make an application here from this passage. This was Gedaliah. Obviously, this was an earthly ruler. But he said this. He said, if you'll serve the king of Babylon, he said, it'll be well and you're going to have all your needs taken care of. Let me give you just three thoughts quickly. If we want things to be well in our lives, we sing the song, It is well with my soul. I want it to be well with my soul. I don't want my life, I don't want to live frustrated. You say, well, you know, my job is so frustrating. It might be. Your job may be frustrating, but your soul doesn't have to be frustrated. You say, well, you know, I've been watching the news. Yeah, we've already talked about that. That's not going to help you be well with your soul either. You say, but my, my co-worker and my this and my neighbor and that, hey, it's not up to all those people to make it well with your soul. It's up to you and God. And He's already promised that it can be well with your soul. You can have peace in your heart and you can have peace in your life no matter what is going on around us. This was God's plan for his people to dwell. It was God's plan for them to serve. It was God's plan for them to abide. And I want to remind you, this captivity was not short-lived. This captivity was going to last how many years? Seven, zero, 70 years. You know what the problem was? These people were in a rush. They were in a hurry. They felt like they needed to do something. They felt like they had to figure everything out. Well, I've got news for us tonight. God's not in a hurry. God's not in a rush. God's got it all under control. Three words, let me give them to you quickly. Number one is the word stay. I believe we just need to stay in the place where God has us. That doesn't mean you can never move. It doesn't mean you can never switch jobs. It doesn't mean that you can never switch churches. But I'll tell you this, I think a lot of times people jump or people move or people go somewhere and it wasn't God, it was 
the uneasiness in their soul. I've just got to figure something out. I know I've heard this so many times growing up in, in church and growing up in ministry. My dad was a pastor. He pastored the same church for almost 20 years. He was a Christian school teacher for 20 years before that. But I've heard preachers say this, say, sometimes we, we get frustrated. We say, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to go find another church. And guess what you find at the next church? The next church has people too. And the next church has people with problems too. And the next church, you find that it's not everybody else that's the problem. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's, maybe it's the pastor, you know. But we, if God, if we'll just trust the Lord, I think there'll be times where we'll just be still. Number one, just stay. They were to dwell in the land. Just stay, just abide, just don't panic. Calm down. Number one, stay. Then number two, serve. He said, serve the Chaldeans. And obviously I'm not talking about serving the Babylonians tonight, but I'm talking about serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, when you stay, staying is not just sitting and doing nothing. Staying is staying faithful, staying in a place, staying in a ministry, staying in a marriage, staying in a home, and be busy doing the things that God has called you to do. You know why we get ourselves in trouble many times? is because we've got too much time on our hands. At work, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how it is at your workplace, but sometimes at work, you know what we're doing? We're so busy trying to figure out how the next guy should be doing his job. And we're so busy trying to figure out how the boss could do things better and how this person, and if we would just do our job, if we would just stay busy, we'd save ourselves a whole lot of headaches. How many of you have enough work just keeping your own life straight? I know I do. You've heard the expression, keep your own backyard clean. Well, that takes a lot of work on my part just to take care of myself and my family. I don't have time to try to correct everybody else's problems. I certainly don't have time to be the, uh, the uh, Facebook police. I certainly don't have time to be the social media police and try to point out all the problems with everybody else. Can I tell you, friend, if we would just serve God, just get busy doing what God has called us to do, I think we'd find that it will be well with us if we'll just stay. Number one, stay. Number two, serve. And then number three, when you stay in the place and you serve in the place where God has you, it's amazing how God always supplies. It's amazing how God always takes care of you. Now, think about this. We've already described the situation here. This was the aftermath of war. But notice what it said in verse number 12, that there was very much of the summer fruit. We saw in verse number, um, uh, verse number 12, the Jews returned and they came to the land of Judah and they gathered very much. that There was, there was enough to take care of them. Now, think about this. That means that God had already supplied all of that even before the war. That means that God knew what he was doing. That means that God already had everything lined up to say, hey, the harvest is coming at such and such a time, and it's going to come exactly when these people need it. Aren't you glad that God already knows what you need? You don't even know what you need yet, but God does. And can I tell you, God always supplies our needs. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.